Today on the pod, the Cougars took a workshop and now we know everything. Ayurvedic tastes and how to use them. And Mel and Laura take a trip down memory lane to the Jersey Shore. It's Cougars and Coladas. Hey, baby Cougs. Here we are. Here again. again. <laughs> Do we start every episode like that? I think so. I think maybe we need like a, we need like an intro. Pod, yeah. Sitting on the floor. Pod, yeah. yeah. Remember when everybody was into Jersey Shore? Oh my God. That was like the Polly D. Yeah, I just did. Oh, <laughs> uh, remember? Oh my God. Remember when the soccer house had a Jersey party? <laughs> it was a Jersey Shore party, but it was a sports Jersey party. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> the problem oh when Jersey Shore is popular and people are like, it's a Jersey party. It's like, okay, like, like let's get our bumpets and our tube tops and our self tanner out. Yeah. But no, it was a sports oh, Jersey party. You but Mel we- and I showed up as New, <laughs> as New Jersey people. <laughs> Whoopsie. Uh, we showed up as Snooky and JWoww, and everybody was wearing like Cristiano Ronaldo shirts. <laughs> Awesome. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> what if, like, a million years in the future, when like the Earth is destroyed and aliens come and find the remnants, all that they find is a video clip of Polly D going, "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs> and that's how humanity is remembered for the rest of eternity. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> Frozen in time, like his hair. <laughs> Anyway, here we are. Here we are in my apartment. This is Mel. This is Laura. And you're listening to Cougars and Coladas. Again. Your friendly neighborhood Ayurveda podcast. Well, we always have an Ayurvedic week, but we had an Ayurvedic day yesterday. Yeah. We went to a Vata balancing Ayurveda workshop at the Laughing Lotus. Yeah, downtown. Laughing Lotus. If you're in New York, there's a wonderful yoga center called Laughing Lotus. And you should check them out if you're around. Take some I've, classes and do workshops and things. I've never actually taken a class there, but it seems like a studio I would really like. Yeah, it's fun. It's like a, a good amount of woo-woo and a good practice, too. Yeah. Yeah, so we did our Vata balancing workshop yesterday, mm-hmm. which is good. Vata season, and it's kicking my ass. Vata season is kicking all of our asses. Why don't you start? How, how has your Vata season been so far? Well... Aside from my mind being in like 30 different places at once and not being able to focus on anything um, and literally feeling like my brain has too many tabs open. I feel you. I've been feeling like super like my well, this is pretty much my like constant state of being, but I've been feeling so dry lately. And part of it, I think, is the season, but also the fact that we live indoors now and Mm -hmm. the heat is like blaring everywhere and it's like I wake up and I'm like my skin hurts everything hurts like I can't move even though I sleep with like a humidifier like in my face I feel like there's not enough moisture ever everything is dry yeah so that's how I've been feeling what how about you what has vata season been doing for you vata season has been a lot of running around for me i do i feel the dryness for sure especially when it comes to the heat and my office is super dry the apartment is dry but mostly for me i think it's mental where i am always telling myself that i'm gonna slow down and stop doing so many things and i never do 
I am always doing far too many things. And it's like every week I think, oh, after this week, I'll be able to slow down and chill out. And then I just don't. I have all the plans the next week and I do all the things. And then it's Sunday again. And I'm like, fuck, after this week, I'm totally going to slow down. Are there (laughs) things that you're doing that you're not enjoying or do are you enjoying everything that you're doing? I'm enjoying everything that I'm doing. I think that the problem is that I always feel like I need to just pack my schedule full of things. And so if somebody invites me out to go get drinks or like out to dinner, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And it Mm -hmm. is fun. I'm just fucking exhausted the next day. And then it just like rolls over. It just all is like a perpetual ball of Vata mess. Right. So instead of saying like, can we do next week when you don't have things booked, you're just like, sure, this works. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like thinking too... Right too now. short term yeah yeah which is a problem with vata is you're just so in your shit right now that you forget oh i can put this off and do it later yeah i definitely got that way too where it's like if i would need to make an appointment like i want that appointment to happen immediately oh like, yeah same <laughs> like no, no, no i don't want to do this two weeks in advance like two weeks out like i want i would like to do this and i would like to do this today yeah but. either the For me, it's either that or I have to schedule something like way out far in advance. But that always bothers me. I'm like, let me squeeze you in between my like ballroom dancing and my Pilates and like all this. Pilates. Pilates. (laughs) Yeah. So Thanksgiving was only about a week ago. I feel like it was years ago. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I feel like the last couple months have been feeling like that where the weeks go by pretty quickly. But... When they feel so though, long. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had that same vibe this week. How was your Thanksgiving? It was nice. It was really small this year. That's good. Um, my family was a little bit spread out, but it was always good. It was good. I had to come back on Friday because I had a bridal shower to go to on Saturday. So the weekend wasn't as long as I usually I usually am in at my parents for like the full weekend Mm -hmm. but it was nice to come back and like get settled because I'm so new at work I don't like want to take time off but I like kind of wish that I right take some time off although Dave and I are going to visit his grandparents in two weeks where are they Arizona oh so let's talk about talk about dryness fucking dry and hot that's your vata pitta you know vata is our air is our air dosha and pitta is our fire dosha Mm-hmm. That sounds lovely. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm excited to be warm, but I'm also a little terrified of what my body is going to do while I'm there. We usually do like a midwinter warm weather vacation and we mm-hmm. went to Cabo last year. But like when we booked the trip, Dave and I both didn't realize that Cabo is like a desert on the beach and that it's not like Cancun where it's like humid. And right before we went, like I was in the midst of like a really, really terrible, like full body eczema breakout. And I was like, I can't go somewhere where it's going to be hot and be like, I'm going to have to be inside the whole time. Like mm-hmm. my it, the sun like makes it worse. And then when we landed, we were like, why are there cacti everywhere? (laughs) And we were like, shit, we're in the we're on a desert, like on the water. And the waves in Cabo and like the current is so strong, like you can't go in the salt water Mm -hmm. because salt waters can also be really helpful for skin stuff. And then so before we got there, I made Dave call the hotel to see like if the pools were chlorine or if there was salt water and there were chlorine. So I was like freaking out going on to this trip because I was like, I think this could kill me. Like, I don't (laughs) think I'm like my body can handle this. 
So I was on a ton of steroids when we went there. So mm. not planning to do that this so time around. Fun. The only time I've ever been to this part of Arizona was I was there for a work conference in July, and it was what I imagine an oven to feel like. Mm. Yeah, that's a bad time of year, I would imagine, to go anywhere yeah. in a desert. Hopefully cool. I don't dry out. I'll be a rice cake by the time I come back. I like rice cakes. I do too. Put a little peanut butter on them. Yeah. It's nice. Some oil, <laughs> balance it out. Some oil, yeah. Maybe uh, sun butter. So we talked about last time, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, tying it all together, baby coops. Look at that. If you haven't it's caught like up on our... attention. <laughs> like yeah. we know what we're doing. Almost. So there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about from this workshop that we did yesterday. Again, it's a Vata balancing workshop because we're, as we mentioned, in the height of Vata season. The holidays are upon us, which we know can be super crazy. It's a lot of fa la la Yes, a lot of fa la 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 lying. A lot of family, a lot of eating and drinking and running around, going to holiday parties and events, trying to squeeze in everybody before the end of the year. Although, no, I don't understand why that's a thing. Why do you have to see everybody before the end of the year? I don't think I've ever operated under that assumption. So no, it's not like a, it's not an explicit assumption. It's like an implicit. I feel like because it's a, it's a date that people, it's instead of being like, before March 5th, we should have <laughs> like a date, you know, it's like, it's a it's a marker that everybody knows and we yeah can, you know I guess so everybody I know keeps texting me we should meet up before the holidays before New Year's like before things get crazy I'm like I'm fucking always crazy I don't know I've never <laughs> I don't know said what you're that doing <laughs> I know you've never said that to me but also you and I have a very special love Laura <laughs> this is also true <laughs> I'm going to now exclusively only ask you to hang out before the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start picking an arbitrary date. And be like, <laughs> before January 17th, we should hang out. <laughs> that M- well, MLK Day usually falls around there. I think it's later oh, yeah. this year. You know what? I'm going to make Martin Luther King Day our, our new benchmark <laughs> our for <laughs> seeing people. <laughs> before President's Day, we should before. get together. <laughs> before Groundhog Day. That's a good one. Yes, before Groundhog Day. We should get together before Groundhog Day. Before Flag Day. <laughs> what are like random... Before, before Bastille Day. <laughs> oh, we could get into like all of the random ass like National Donut Day. Should- Ugh, don't get me started on those social media holidays. And I work in social media, so I really shouldn't be shitting on it. But those social media holidays are so stupid. Do they really like generate revenue and stuff? I think that they do. I haven't done a lot of looks into it, but my company has. And shout out if you guys are listening, you know who you are. The thing is that there's so much traffic and so so many actions that come from all those like it's national cat day and it's national pizza day because somebody out there is really attached to that. 
or they if, want an excuse to like eat that thing or drink yeah that thing. exactly like if somebody says national tequila day i'm all about it do, right like national there, wine you, day i'm like i'm in yeah exactly <laughs> does you know does it matter when national tequila day is or why it's national tequila day nope but i'm like hey i like tequila let's go get margaritas why because it's Cause national it's- tequila day and you know what i'm pretty sure that that's sponsored by the tequila industry oh yeah duh yeah dissecting capitalism here on cougars and coladas <laughs> Anyway, we were talking about the workshop yeah, that we what went did, to. What were takeaways that you found that you... A lot of takeaways and uh, this woman's name is Allie Kramer and she's really fantastic um, and you should look her up because she's a wonderful Ayurvedic teacher and um, speaker and she is just great all around. So some of the things that I took away from it was... In terms of the discussion that we have, where she was talking about a lot of consistency in your Ayurvedic practice, and this doesn't necessarily specifically have to do with Vata, but just in general, the way that she put it is that you want to avoid ping-ponging back and forth, and this can apply to everything. It can apply to diet, to exercise, to a certain way of living, to a certain activity that you want to do, and... What The way that she put it, which I thought was really interesting, was that you should create a sustainable lifestyle and basically create good habits that you can maintain for the rest of your life instead of going hard on like, I'm only going to eat foods that support my doshas and I am going to go to bed at 10 and wake up at 6 and blah, blah, blah every single day and do that for like a month and then you lose it for a couple days and then you're just out of it for a month and a half or something. What she basically said is start small and incorporate things in your daily life that you can maintain throughout the rest of your life, which I totally relate to because I'm one of those people who tries to, I'm a Pitta. So I'm like in it hardcore. I'm doing everything at once and I love it up until I lose it for a couple of days and then it's just like out the window. Yeah. How about you? What did you take away? I really liked that she said that too, because I feel like that's such a thing that our culture thrives on where it's mm-hmm. like 30 day diets and, you know, oh, yeah. hard for a month, yeah. um, where it's more about the incremental changes and instead of just doing it for like a certain period of time and going hard and Mel just took a sip of water and completely missed her mouth. <laughs> you have a drinking problem. <laughs> cooling down over there the pit the pit is the fire's hot on that side of the room yeah just that I guess our culture is so big on doing things for short periods of time as opposed to kind of building small changes over time into your into your routine and how those small changes if you once you make enough of them actually turn into big changes and just kind of being aware of the changes that you're making and doing things that serve you versus going hard for a short amount of time yeah obviously if we're going into our vata based tips um so we learned a lot about the different ayurvedic tastes that are uh tastes and smells actually we got a bit into essential oils too which is something that we're definitely looking to explore further on this podcast but she spoke a lot about the different tastes that you should favor when it's vata season because vata season as we went through in our uh, vata season episode uh 
everybody has a little bit more vata. Vata is more elevated for everybody during vata season. And that is regardless of whether you are vata dominant, pitta dominant, kapha dominant, you're always going to have a little bit more vata during vata season. And the same is for pitta season and kapha season as well. Vata season manifests itself in a drier, more airy quality. And you tend to be more spaced out, a little bit flakier, uh, physically and mentally, mm-hmm. as the case may be. And some of these things are just ways to mitigate that elevation of vata. Ayurveda breaks taste down. There's, I guess the way they classify it is the sixth taste of Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Um, and in theory, all of your meals should kind of include all six of the tastes but during the different seasons like right now we're in the vata season you're going to want to favor the taste that lessen the vata Mm -hmm. so the six tastes are sweet sour salty bitter astringent and pungent so the um three tastes that kind of ground vata are sweet sour and salty so those are your grounding and nourishing foods like sweet potatoes or grains um, your fruits and your oils also citrus and the salty taste would be sea salt sea veggies celery things like that and all of those are if you think about um, the flavors of the season so you think about the popular dishes or I always think of desserts that happened in the fall, like your pumpkin spice lattes or Mm -hmm. your apple pies or crumbles or your squashes. Those are all um, what Ayurveda would classify as sweet. And those are all good at minimizing the vata and grounding the vata. So we've already in, in our culture have already kind of, gravitated towards the way that Ayurveda breaks these down um, mm-hmm. but it's another way and just another way to kind of look at it right and it comes from the seasonality of different foods right. really I mean if you go to a supermarket now or if you go to a Whole Foods or whatever you're gonna find all kinds of fruits and vegetables that are not necessarily in season Mm -hmm. here then that's because they're imported from a bunch of different countries but if you go to a local farmer's market you really will find what's in season here and you should really just be eating those you know it's kind of a good rule of thumb Um, getting into the sour taste so sour is a little bit more heating than sweet is so sweet is cooling it's a little bit heavier Mm -hmm. and oily as laura mentioned and sour is a bit more heating so that's your citrus any fermented foods uh you know like kimchi or pickles or sauerkraut all that stuff clementines are really nice because they're sweet and they're citrus another way to think about this season is vata is you know water and ether um so the foods you want to kind of focus on are things that will So you want Uh, like hydrating foods, grounding foods, and a little bit of spice. Yeah. Uh, Those are some of the foods that you might want to be eating this season. By no means do you have to only eat like blueberries and coconut and kichari, but the, which she was pronouncing kichari or kichadi, which I'd never heard that. I'd never heard that before either. Kichari or kichadi or however uh, you've heard it pronounced is a wonderful food. It was actually going to be in my colada this week and then I decided to make something else be in my colada this week. But kichari is always in my colada. Okay. And kichari is a really nice tridoshic base of a food. It's made with basmati rice and with yellow 
lentils or mung beans. And you can find all of that in, or both of those in your supermarket in an Indian food store, if you go there. Mm-hmm. And it's also made with ghee and with certain spices. Um, the spices you can really customize yourself, but it's always made with turmeric, coriander, cumin, and a little bit of mustard seed. And the spices are really nice. You can put in as much as you want. It's super easy to make, super low maintenance. Uh, Sahara Rose in her Eat, Feel, Fresh cookbook has a nice recipe for kachari that that you can make yourself as well. And you can also adapt it to different times of year, different imbalances. So the, the basic kachari, which is kind of like a, for lack of a better term, a porridge kind of thing. I really enjoy eating on its own. You yeah, can, I love it. You can eat it breakfast, lunch, dinner for like snack all the time. It's and, so good. And you can do different things with it. Like yeah. you can put, I mean, it doesn't necessarily just have to be the rice and the lentils. Right. Like you can put different, um, different vegetables. vegetables. I put, put, uh, last, this past week I put actually some leftover kimchi in nice. it to bring the fermented, the sour piece into it. What's your favorite thing to put in your kachari? I like to do a lot of different vegetables. Um, and sometimes I'll drizzle some tahini on top for a little extra, mm depending on the meal, but a a little extra flavor. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Sometimes you can just throw like leftover vegetables. Like if you have just like sauteed vegetables or steamed vegetables, you just throw it in at the end of your kachari. It only takes about 45 minutes to make. And then it's just delicious. The longest part is like, how long the rice cooks like yeah that's quick the cooking thing rice is, it's easy it it's, takes 45 minutes to cook but it takes five minutes for you to actually do anything yeah like, there's nothing for you to do it's great yeah that's why I make it because it requires so little effort yeah <laughs> and it's interesting because in Ayurveda there's no like juice cleanse or whole 30 or anything right. like that like the way that Ayurveda looks at kind of cleansing and detoxifying has to do with mono dieting. Um, and mono dieting is just you're eating the same thing for a certain amount of time. So kitchari, kachari, whatever you want to call it, is the food that they use for the mono dieting. So you'd have that. It's generally a three-day cleanse where you have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even within the mono dieting, like you could add have a breakfast one where maybe you have apples in it or Mm -hmm. a lunch one and dinner one where you put like tahini on it or you put different vegetables in but obviously don't make it so drastic but you can put some variation in it you can also substitute um what Ali did yesterday was substitute the rice for quinoa Mm -hmm. so you could substitute some of those ancient grains in for the rice as well the lentils you might I mean if you wanted to do instead of yellow lentils like red lentils or I've only done it with red lentils yeah I I just love the yellow lentils where do you get yours I got them I got these actually at Whole Foods oh okay prior to that because I got I bought from Banyan like mm-hmm. a kit. That oh, you got that? Yeah. And that was like when I first was getting into Kachari and I was like, what is this? How do I make it? Is it difficult? So I also have like a Kachari spice mix. Mm-hmm. But I think now that I know what spices are in it. Yeah. Once that, once I'm finished with that, I'll just make my Buy own. Them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, some cool information on spices and essential oils also i didn't realize she was talking about how if you put essential oils in a diffuser that they can like cleanse the air yeah i actually didn't didn't realize realize that either because 
Well, one, because I like get neurotic in the winter about like the quality of the air inside. Um, Dave's parents had a HEPA filter, air filter thing that he brought. And not that I've plugged it in, it's still in the box, but then in theory, <laughs> I will start using because I just like think the air gets so stale in the apartment. But I didn't realize that if you're diffusing essential oils, that you that those could also clean the air too. Apparently. So if you have a diffuser, put a couple of drops of essential oils in there and you can leave it on for a long time, but uh, after an hour, it stops cleansing the air. So Mm -hmm. if you want a more constant air cleansing, just add another drop of essential oils every hour or so. And that will keep the air clean, clean, I guess, purified. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but I didn't, I just never really thought of it. Yeah. And another interesting thing she said yesterday was, and this totally makes sense. I just never heard it like point blank like that before was that when you smell something and when something is obviously direct directly put into your bloodstream, that's the fastest way to see results of something. Yeah. I didn't know if you smelled something that that was the yeah. case. Obviously if something goes directly into your bloodstream, it, you but know. it makes sense. Cause I mean, I love the smell of lavender and I'll smell some, lavender essential oils before I like get in bed and it's like immediate yeah that I'm like oh okay right yeah your sense of smell is linked to obviously a lot of things people always talk about the connection between smell and memory Mm -hmm. and I can't help thinking that this may be the same kind of reaction yeah even though the the scent itself is soothing it could also be because it brings up soothing memories like lavender has always been used in like soaps and in detergents and things so it's not just that lavender is kind of a cure-all for whatever is ailing you yeah but also that it's associated with that kind of cure-all right feelings yeah memories what have you it was a really interesting day and we did a like a 45 minute practice which was really nice also as we were doing it I felt like it wanted to be I wanted it to be longer and then once we finished it I was like oh we don't need it to be longer this is just my crazy pit up being like let's do more yeah <laughs> kind of halfway through I was like oh are we done with this yet I'm like because I d- took a lot of weights classes this week and I felt like my chaturangas were super strong yesterday but my mm. arms were also like please stop doing it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. Uh, actually, one of the one of the things that I took out of that practice, and I told you about this yesterday, mm-hmm. was in the sort of flow of a yoga class. You always do you always do back bends right before shavasana, and I fucking love back bends. Back bends are my jam. They always have been, and I think it's really just because my spine is super mobile, so I just can do a lot of back bends, and I really like it. And she had us in a restorative backbend, so with a block underneath our sacrum and just hanging out. And I teach that very frequently. And generally what you teach in a yoga class is you teach one backbend that everybody else does and then you give people options. You know, if you want to take a more active backbend, take a bridge pose. Or if you're really feeling open, you can take a full wheel, which a lot of people know as a bridge if you took gymnastics as a kid. I always opt for a full wheel because it's in my practice and and I work on different variations of it. And I was going to do a full wheel. I was like in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm setting up for a full wheel. And then she said, try not to do something 
just because you think you should. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm going to not do a full wheel. And I didn't. I stayed on my block. I stayed in my restorative bridge pose, but it was very, very difficult mm-hmm. for me. In my mind, I was like, why wouldn't I do a wheel? Like, I just, I do it all the time. Like, why yeah. wouldn't I do it now? And then I was like, you know what? I don't need to. I can just chill here in my restorative back bend mm-hmm. and hang out. And it kind of bothered me. I was twitchy, but I made it through. <laughs> yeah. I love the restorative poses. I am not as bendy as you are so I generally don't do the options but when she was saying that you know like if you're used to taking a lot of vinyasa classes like throw in a restorative class and Mm -hmm. I do love a restorative class but I just generally don't take them right because I think like sometimes I think they're a little too I don't enjoy them as much because I'm I like to move a little bit more I feel like I right. feel like and that's perfect, why you yeah. need them I'm the same way I feel like a perfect class would be like you do like a 15 minute vinyasa flow and then you do the restorative so it's like you move a little bit and then you kind of chill like I would love some like combo class like that yeah I've taught combo classes like that before every once in a while equinox does like a restore and flow thing yeah because I teach restorative lol because I hate taking restorative <laughs> classes but I definitely need them and I'm the same as you where I feel I feel like if I'm gonna go take a class I am gonna take a vinyasa class I'm going to take something that's a little bit more heating yeah but you really should like chill out once a week yeah so does that mean I can like continue my vinyasa e or like higher intensity workouts and just like throw in a restorative or do you think she was saying that if you're kind of drawn to the higher intensity things that you need to do more restorative or is it like start with one and then, you know, realize as you feel better that you'll just inherently do more? I think it depends. It depends on how you feel and it depends on the season. It depends on yeah. your procreate and your constitution. Yeah. I mean, it. I think she suggested a baseline of once a week mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're making that time for yeah. yourself. And what I think is good actually and I was doing this for a couple weeks after I had pneumonia where I would just come home and I did two restorative poses here by myself just prop yourself up on pillows you can super easily get into a bunch of the postures yourself look it up on YouTube google it and you just hang out for like 15 minutes and something that she said yesterday again was like do I have 15 minutes to lay down and the answer should always be yes do I have 15 minutes to do a restorative yoga pose? Yeah. So why don't we do it? Right. You know, that's, and that's something that I think we all struggle with for sure Mm -hmm. is slowing down and restoring. So, I mean, I've just sort of gone around your question a bunch of times, but I think that you should start to incorporate the restorative into whatever you're already doing. You don't need to replace anything right? and just sort of see how it goes. Yeah. I think another thing that she said that was interesting or I I guess also powerful was she was, it was a pretty young, young crowd, damn millennials. Mm -hmm. Um, fucking millennial (laughs) and she was like you're all young you know these are changes that you can make now and you'll feel better in the long run because I had an aside with her after to talk about some skin stuff and she was like you're young you can make these changes now or you could suffer and I was like ah (laughs) (laughs) and I'm, I'm like some of these changes sound really good but I also like don't see them happening at least not right now like she was like you shouldn't wear spandex and I was like I don't think you understand my lifestyle (laughs) 
Well, I think that yeah. I think that spandex. I actually have tried to steer away from spandex lately as well, and just because my skin also it gets to be like pitta and. I break out in hives or I, you know, get ingrown hairs or whatever. So I'm trying to my like spandex part of my body's fine. <laughs> but it does sort of. So what spandex actually does, and this is the same reason why you should shower right after you work out instead of stewing in your own filth for a while, yeah. which I don't always do, is because the stuff that you've sweat out that's trying to get out of your body, if it sits on your body for too long, it will yeah. just soak right back in. Yeah. So, and I think that you brought up an interesting point about not using soap that often also. Yeah. And I've also been trying to do that lately. I've cut down too. Where yeah. I've, I'm trying to, even if I rinse off like twice a day, I only use soap where and when I need it yeah so I also don't wash my hair so oh well there's that yeah <laughs> I wash my hair a good amount just because my when I play with it all the time and it gets really greasy <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so stew in your own filth a little bit just not right after you sweat yeah <laughs> Lessons, that's our that's for our, living yeah that's our tip of the day I think our Ayurvedic <laughs> tip of the day Anything else or should we get into the coladas? I was going to ask you what's in your colada this week. What's in my colada this week? I mentioned before that Kachari was going to be in my colada this week. So we can take that as part one of my colada. But uh, the bigger part of my colada is A Wrinkle in Time. Ah. So I watched and I read A Wrinkle in Time in like third grade and loved it. Uh, my mom gave me the book and I remember it really well because it was like a really nicely illustrated like mm-hmm. pink and blue like cover. So I read the book when I was a kid and I really enjoyed it. And then I read it again a few years ago at a very different time in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, it was a great messaging, you know, strength and intelligence will get you a lot of places Mm -hmm. and, you know, don't worry about being different because that's what makes you special and blah, blah, blah. And when you're a kid and you read things like that, you get the message, but it doesn't quite hit anything for you because you're eight years old and what the fuck do you know? You're just bopping around. Right. And you're, (laughs) you're still trying to like make friends and you're like, I understand being indifferent is a good thing, but I need to fit in. And right. Exactly. And so it's like, it's something that, you know, in theory, but it stays very esoteric. You know, you're not, you're not thinking about things concretely. And then the second time I, I read it was about five years ago. I want to say at a time when I was really, having a rough time and trying to rediscover who it was that I was as a person Mm -hmm. after, you know, just a a difficult, you know, start to adulthood, I'll say. And it was much more life-changing then. And I just watched the movie yesterday, the one with Oprah and um, Reese Witherspoon and Mindy Kaling. And what I actually noticed is that the the misses, the three misses, are really, you know, heavily dosha themselves. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, you know, you've got Mrs. What's It, who's Reese Witherspoon's character, and she's definitely Vata uh, with, you know, a secondary dosha of Pitta. I think it's Mrs. Who is Uh-oh. Mindy Kaling, and she's definitely Kaffa and has a little bit of Vata in her as well. And then there's Mrs. Witch, who's Oprah, who's like hardcore Pitta, uh, but definitely has a secondary of Kaffa too. And the the idea, and they talk a lot about balance in the film as well and in the book. And I think it's just a very overall a great message and some just things to apply to your everyday life and to think about. So yeah, that's my that's my my colada. It's a lot deeper though than my colada. <laughs> What's in your colada, Laura? <laughs> well, I've been really into in the spirit of Vata season, really into the different squashes. I've I love a-, a good squash. I've been adding like pumpkin to my oatmeal in the morning, which has been really nice and grounding. But also, there's a squash that I can never really pronounce. And every time I go to buy it at the store, they can never find like the code to plug in. And it's always like an ordeal to like leave. And granted, I've I've only had this. I've just purchased, I think, like my second or my third one. I've not purchased this often, but every time it's been an issue. What kind of squash is that? It's the one that it kind of looks like an acorn squash. It's like a cone. It starts with a K. I don't know the names. I don't know, but it's like it tastes (laughs) like a pumpkin, but it's like I don't know how to say it. I think it's like a Japanese squash. But I don't know. It's really good. It's green. It looks like an acorn squash, but it's in kind of the shape of a pumpkin. And it's delicious. I've been making a lot of like squash breads, squash soups. Squash breads, I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Like a good zucchini bread. I haven't made zucchini bread in a long time. That could be a good thing to make. Squashes are great. Love them. (laughs) They're my jam. That's what's in my colada this week. All right. On that note, I think we're... Squash you later. Squash you later. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) That's terrible. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Don't tweet at us. Don't tweet at us. Send us an email. At cougarsandcoladas.com. That's R-A-W-R in case you didn't hear what came out of Mel's mouth. In case you didn't pick that up. (laughs) Follow us at cougarsandcoladas. Yeah. See you later. Subscribe to us and leave us a review. Five stars. Five stars, yeah. Go big or go home. Go big or go home, yeah. Five stars, yeah. Polly D, yeah. Oh my god, you're so annoying. <laughs> We're done. <laughs>